I'm of the mindset the women's game has been in their Bob Cousy period up until this point. It was a select small group of women. They were playing their hearts out, skilled, talented, tough. And there were some Bob Cousy's, some some Bob Pettits, maybe even a Bill Russell up until this point. And they were all great and entertaining, legends, forebearers. But the game grew and grew fast in the television age when new players watched old players and were inspired. Magic Johnson, among others, watched Dr. J and was inspired to put on a show. 20 years later, Kobe Bryant famously stole moves from everybody. Michael Jordan, Elgin Baylor, Oscar, Dirk, Olajuwon, the list continues. As the game spread and our ability to watch different players playing different games grew, inspiration abounded. The players improved. Well, the women's game has had the yoke of sexism draped around its neck from before the women's game even got started, and certainly up through now. But as minor improvements are made with hopefully more significant, meaningful changes around the corner, the proliferation of the women's game on the millions of screens we can now watch it, it's going to inspire the next generation. And that brings us to Caitlin Clark. In her freshman year at Iowa, she led the NCAA Division I in scoring. In her sophomore year, she was the first woman to lead the NCAA Division I in scoring and assists in the same season. And then came this past year's March Madness tournament run. She was excellent in every game, but she was on another planet against Louisville in the Elite Eight and against the number one seeded undefeated South Carolina in the Final Four. To say nothing of the 30 points she had in the national championship. What, if anything, is good enough for the First Bell Hall of Fame? Should you be in the First Bell Hall of Fame if you didn't win the title? We have to find out. In closing, women's rights are human rights, and Caitlin Clark can really go. This is First Bell. Welcome to First Ballot, the podcast that celebrates the moments in sports that really matter and inducts them into the First Ballot Hall of Fame. I am your host, Neil, the long-lost Gasol brother, the podcast Jordan Clarkson, Mr. Not Always Right But Never Wrong. You can abbreviate that to Mr. Never Wrong. I think that works nicely. Coming to you live from the Shaquille O'Neal Office Depot, big and tall, executive suite desk chair that I keep in my basement today's episode of the first ballot hall of fame podcast could be sponsored by the Boin sound in the 1996 hit record pony by genuine genuine is it genuine genuine one of the great unanswered questions of our time i don't know Genu- it's it's spelled genuine but why would he genuine. do that is it's it genuine. said genuine? Okay. Yeah. I just want to. I want to be clear. It's spelled genuine. I don't know. Whatever. Genuine. Here, the show could be sponsored by the boss song from the hit song "Genuine." Let's listen to it together. You love this song. Come on. You know this song. Here it is. Let's listen to it. Oh my God! Those boas. You know those. Everybody knows those boas. Those boas sounds. Oh my God! 
Hell yeah. Oh, you know what? Let me play a little of my Stone Cold E.T. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah uh, on that blast sound. Oh, if, for those of you that don't know, Stone Cold E.T. is a guy that uh, dresses and sounds exactly like Stone Cold Steve Austin, but he wears an E.T. mask. He's, I think it's the funniest thing in the world. It, I believe that that soundbite represents this show. Actually, you know what, Rob? Rob is my <laughs> Rob, play the pony track and cut oh hell yeah into it and make it sound good i'm not going to do that live because i don't have the capability to do it but rob you do that do it right now okay i presume that sounded great we'll all listen to it when it comes out (laughs) those blast sounds trista you don't know this do you know that i recorded those blasts that those are me oh my god that's so impressive thank you so much oh that's fantastic anyway that song is timeless it really is that song those blahs they hit now the same way they did in 1996 a lot of music is timeless but some of it is not but that song pony by genuine that is fucking timeless i can't get over how you hear that song and you just want to dance so that's a lot of fun anyways the, the 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 point is this show could be sponsored by those blasts. Whoever owns the rights to that song, don't sue me and instead give me money for advertising your music. Caitlin Clark's tournament run is an all-timer, no doubt about it. But is it a first ballot Hall of Famer? We have to decide that today. And here to do it with me is a very talented woman. She's the host of the Heat Check podcast and the host of Odyssey's Bet MGM Tonight. You can also hear on the weekends on the fan, WFAN, which as a New Yorker, I must say and support, it's the fiery, the funny, Trista Crick. Trista, thank you for being on the show. So is that how you, like, found me is through the fan? Like, you were listening on some random weekend Weekend, and you were like, she was like, oh, yeah, like it was all the hip hop that I played in between. (laughs) I uh, am born and raised in Ohio, and when I came to New York, I feel like they hand you a card that's like, here, WFAN, you like sports? Listen to the WFAN. Like, it's like a thing in New York. It's a big deal. And so it's like something I feel like I had to mention. I appreciate that. No, it's it's a blast. I love I love uh, doing it. I'm on, actually, I think this weekend till like 1 a.m. So oh, my God. If it comes out, if I don't know when the pod comes out, but I'll be on Saturdays whenever it's uh, not NFL season. You have a uh, great voice. Can I say that right away? Thank you. I, I it's love distinctive. I don't know it's if it's always great. It's distinctive, for sure. It's got character. It's fun. I love your voice. I, I mean that. I the, the second I heard you on the fan, I was like, well, now who is this? That's sort of how it started. I was like, what is this? Who is this? I just sort of like listening to you talk. And then I'm like Googling your name and I'm seeing all the stuff that you've done. And I'm like, shit, could I get this woman on the show? So I really appreciate you doing it. Oh, I'm super excited, especially the content. I really like the concept that you have. Oh, and I love sure. the sound effects. <laughs> like this. Oh, God. Um, did you always want to be in this business? Like, did you hear your voice as a kid on like a tape and go, God damn, I sound good. I want to be in this like business. Like, how did you get into this? No, I didn't. I mean, I always felt like I was one of these kids that was always trying to perform. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I was in a band. I I played the drums. I was in the choir. I was in a gospel choir in Portland. Like, 
I was like one of the only white kids in the gospel choir singing about you know things that my mom and like I we were agnostic in our household, but I'm just singing about all kinds of things. And then I started a rap group. Oh so my was, god! Yeah, I was in hip hop for many years. I started writing rap songs as a little oh kid my god. to process my feelings. The first beat I ever recorded over was Lost Ones by Lauren Hill. Oh my God. So that was kind of like the start of it. Um, I have so many follow-ups. I was feverishly taking notes as you were talking. You were a rapper. What was your rap name? You had to have had a rap name. I'm looking to corner you into a very embarrassing answer. What was your rapper name? It was Fate. Uh, that's not bad. Damn, we I had really a group, and my that. my co uh, like my my rap partner, his name was Fame, and it was totally coincidental. He was he asked me, he's like, "What's your rap name?" And I said, "It's Fate." And he goes, "Oh my God!" I go as as Fame. So Fate and Fame, uh, we were the rebels. Uh, let's table set before we dive into our moment. Let's table set. You mentioned already your favorite sport is basketball. I was going to ask you favorite sport, favorite team, favorite athlete of all time. Favorite sport, basketball for sure. Did you Favorite play basketball? Team. I'm sorry, yeah. I cut you off. Already. How long no did problem. you play? I played from the time I was four to the time I was 18. Got it. Uh, I played mostly with boys uh, until I couldn't anymore. Do you have a player comp? Who did you play like? Ooh, that's such a great question. I was like a, just so you know, as you, I give you time to think here. I was like a Luke Walton, Anthony Mason hybrid. I've said this before. Really knew the game, great passer, big guy, <laughs> could step out. I probably should have been in the NBA. It's it's a long conversation. You really think you should have been in the NBA, or or do you think like it's just kind of like the genuine? The, Let the, me you're say this again. <laughs> I'll say it this way: if I was if I was six nine. I'm a hundred percent in the league. Can I say that? Yeah, that's fine. I do that. <laughs> I do that game too. Whenever I see women walk past me that are like six two, I'm like, yeah. man, if I was six two, girl, yeah. you don't even know what I would be right now at six right. two. <laughs> Wouldn't be recording this goddamn podcast. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just do this all day. No, I think I don't have a player comp. I've thought about it and never really. Like, cause I'm definitely undersized, right? I'm five, five. Right. And I was playing as like, um, like a ball dominant two, right? Like, <laughs> like a ball dominant undersized two, but that didn't like to bring the ball up right. and like initiate the offense. Like I wanted to like sprint back and get on the right. wing right. and get outlet passes. Yeah. Uh, I was a very streaky, uh, deep shooter. I practiced with men's balls my whole life. So when I got a women's ball in high school, I would just go out as far as I could and just hit threes. I also loved and one. So I was like always trying to be yeah. hot sauce in the middle of the game. Like in the middle of my high school game, I would put the ball underneath my t-shirt. I hit the girl on the head and I'd immediately get benched. Like you can't do that. It's not what we do here by the way ball dominant two guards are also known as ball hogs <laughs> but i like to pass i just didn't want to i was just so not thin. when it mattered <laughs> i just didn't like to bring the ball up and get, get bodied it. like I full court press yeah, right like, right <laughs> give me the ball once we're in the half court like i'll do the things someone else needs to bring it up 
But once the, our offense is set, you can give me the ball and I'll get it down I low. Get it. That's perfect. Uh, your favorite team and your favorite athlete of all time? Blazers, for sure. Wow. I grew up as a Blazer fan. My mom got me into it. I used to love Clyde uh, Drexler and that Tara, Terry Porter mm-hmm. era. You know, that, that that we almost did this, but I think someone else snagged the topic. But that 2001, 2002 Western Conference Finals between the Blazers and the Lakers where Blazers are up 15 yes. in the fourth quarter. What what a, just a, like a sad, sad <laughs> moment for us. I'll remember that Not for the for rest me. of my life. It's yeah. one of my favorites. <laughs> sure it is. I remember sitting on my sister's couch. She had just had a baby. And I had like her newborn kid in my arms watching just – this my soul leave oh, my body oh my when it God. happened. So my favorite player of all time, AI. Great answer. He's just because he was, you know, like so influential, so swaggy. Yes. Could get buckets on anyone. anyone. He was undersized. I really like practiced AI handles and Tim Hardaway handles in the you know in my backyard, but also at the park down the street with my friends. Like we would all like do them together. I was obviously the only girl that was working on AI handles in the park, but yeah, that's, <laughs> he was, he was the best. I actually saw AI not too long ago at, um, bed MGM national Harbor in mm. Maryland. Mm. He was at the craps table for like 18 <laughs> straight hours <laughs> in a pair of answers. So Fantastic. I didn't come up to him. I didn't want to deal with this vibe, you know, like people, how weird they are when they're betting. Right. So I was just like, Oh my God, that's AI. (laughs) Oh my God. He's the best. I feel like if you watch basketball or you play basketball past a certain age, you are influenced by Allen Iverson, whether you know it or not, whether you acknowledge him as a favorite player of yours or not, you are a hundred percent influenced by him. A patron saint of the first ballot hall of fame, Allen Iverson. I appreciate you, Alan. Uh, The, um, the Blazers, you mentioned being a Blazer fan. Do you have an opinion on – oh, also you mentioned Clyde Drexler, which might be my favorite sports name of, of all time, Clyde <laughs> Drexler. Good fucking luck beating that if you want to name your kid. Uh, do you have an opinion on what the Blazers should do in this, like, Dame third pick uh, situation here? What do you have – you must have thoughts. What are they going to do? What would you do if you were whoever the GM is for the Portland Trail Blazers? I think you got to move the pick. Absolutely. And it just depends on really what you can get for it, right? Mm -hmm. You not just have the third pick. You also, I believe, have the 24th pick, which Mm -hmm. is the Knicks. Mm -hmm. So you have those two first rounds this year. You've got future first round picks to trade as well. Like you try to go after as big of a game as you can. Like if I'm the Blazers and and that you know what Dame wants, like Mm -hmm. I think it's been very clear Mm -hmm. who particularly he wants. He wants Mikhail Bridges. Like that's who he wants. And I think that's a player that could take you over the over the top. Is it the third pick in this draft and then mm-hmm. the 24th and then another three picks and then maybe like somebody like an Anthony Simons? Because you don't need Anthony Simons at this point. Right. Like you've got Shaden Sharp. He's the future. Mm-hmm. You've got Dame. I think Anthony Simons is just like a low budget CJ McCollum. Like he's just he's a, a more of a microwave, but he doesn't play any defense. It will never work with Anthony Simons on this team <laughs> and Dame there. So you get rid of them, and then as many picks as it takes to get Mikael Bridges. If you can't do that, then maybe you package the three pick and the 24 pick and somebody to try to get, like, Pascal Siakam Mm -hmm. or OG Ananobi. You trade Nurkic uh, for anything. 
and then go out and try to get Brooke Lopez, mm-hmm. who I think would really help the Blazers from mm-hmm. like a defensive perspective. You re-sign Jeremy Grant to whatever really he wants. And then you've got either a Pascal or a Mikhail or an OG. You've got Jeremy Grant. You've got Brooke Lopez. You've got Shaden Sharp. You've got Dame. Like, that's good enough. I love it. I love it. You had a goddamn answer for this. You had a goddamn answer loaded for this thing. That was fantastic. Uh, so there's no circumstance. I can't. I'm not voting. I'm not pushing for this. I want to tempt you. Can I tempt you into trading Dame away? Keeping what is it going to take? And, and going, going Simons, Shaden. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm getting my answer here. <laughs> Shaden and whatever the Dame Hall brings you, you wouldn't rather have that for the next 10 years than this probably a window of maybe a two years, three years at most with whatever Dame. Is that what the window is, though? Because if Dame's only 33 and, and one year was spent on the IR, just rehabbing, right, the tread true. on those tires... He's really 32. He said he feels better than he had at 28 because of that that core surgery mm-hmm. that he had, Dame was still putting up 60 last year. He's not showing any signs of slowing down. The game that he has allows him to be able, just like Steph to a degree, right? He's going to be able to pull up from 30 into, like when he's 45 years old. Mm-hmm. So to me, it feels like you got to do the right thing for Dame. And like, I'm not that high on this draft anyway. Uh, yep, I agree. Like, I don't like Brandon Miller. I'm going to go out and say Brandon Miller is not going to be him. <laughs> he's not. Not just because he's out there delivering guns to murderers, but like, because I don't like his game. Like I don't like, I don't like Although his the game. Guns and murderers don't help either. They certainly don't help. Like, but his hips aren't mobile. Like, you know how it is. Like he reminds me of a Ken doll. Yeah. Like his whole body, his whole body needs to move in order for him to change directions. Like his, his hips don't move side to side. Oh, like man. he can't get separation. He's a really good shooter, like a really, really good shooter from three. But I don't trust him to be able to get his own shot mm. in the half court, like especially against faster, more athletic players who are going to close out. Obviously his size is elite. His defense is like, I, I guess a strength, but his character's not. Apparently, he's out of shape right now. Mm. He's not interviewing well. And in a place like Portland, I'm not trying to go back to the jailblazer era. Right. I'm good. Like, <laughs> I, I go off of vibes, too. Like, I, I saw him in the Phil Knight Invitational and just didn't get, like, this guy is having fun mm-hmm. playing basketball mm-hmm. at 18 years old. I got kind of like, it's a heavy cloud already. I'm yeah. I'm not with it. Like you right. watch Shaden Sharp play basketball and yes. you're like electric. This guy would go yeah. over Brandon Miller in the draft this year. Oh, I love it. I love it. it. When you say things, it it makes me want to not say things. Like you when you talk about basketball, I go, "The hell am I going to add?" She just fucking nailed the whole goddamn thing. Like, what am I going to add to this thing? I just want you to know when I don't follow up, it's because I feel like you're just smoking this whole goddamn thing. Uh, I appreciate <laughs> that. I wouldn't want to trade Dame either. I think every the the, the Dame staying in Portland is good for not just Dame and Portland, for the NBA and for basketball in general. Keep him there. Sanctify that relationship. Don't touch him. Keep him there. Uh, yeah, he's fantastic. the best blazer of all time, all time. obviously. Like just, And I think what we're seeing, too, is that teams that we thought were not good at all 
can all of a sudden you look up and they're good. Right. They make a couple of tweaks. I mean, I'm not saying Orlando is going to contend anytime soon, but Orlando got a piece that mm-hmm. really helped them. And now with a point guard on that team, like a real point guard, and maybe they try to get somebody like Scoot or somebody like Amen Thompson, like they're a point guard away from being a team that could really compete to be a play-in or mm-hmm. a playoff team, right? We see play-in teams like Miami go to the Eastern Conference Finals. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of opportunities there uh, if you are developing a roster in the right way. And I think, you know, you look at what the team is, they've got an, a, a lot of pieces that are foundational. You just need to make sure that you provide defense and shooting for mm-hmm. Dane. And that's obviously hard, right. but not impossible. I uh, I love Mikael Bridges, one of my favorite players in the league. I love you mentioning him. And he's gettable. So th- them putting that together is not like the, some far-flung idea. That's like doable, and I love that idea. Just that we have to dive into our moment. We have to decide what of any of these Caitlin Clark tournament moments, what of any of them are going to make this first ballot Hall of Fame? To do that, we have to go through our Hall of Fame credentials. Those are the categories by which we judge our moments. The first credential is a is a beefy one. Analytics. It, this, these are the numbers. People love numbers and stats. I don't get it exactly, but they're, they're certainly enlightening. And for this, there are so god so many goddamn stats to go through with this Caitlin Clark uh, tournament run. It's it's really startling. I'm going to give you a couple. We'll comment on, on them as we go. Clark, right out of the gate. Clark, the only player in NCAA women's tournament history to record back to back forty point games. Uh, versus Louisville, that's the Elite Eight. She goes 41, 10, 12, and 3. 41 points, 10 boards, 12 assists, 3 steals on 58% shooting from the field, 57% from deep, 85% from the line. She recorded the first 40-point triple-double in NCAA tournament history, men or women, uh, and it also would have been the only thirty-point triple-double. There was there have never been a thirty-point triple-double in the tournament either. What I what I couldn't find in uh, I searched for it for a while. I couldn't find any answer. Has there been a 40-point triple-double in the regular season in college? I mean, there must be if they're saying the NCAA tournament. I haven't seen it. I haven't either. I, I, didn't, I, I don't I remember it. For it. I mean, you're talking about a performance that we didn't even fathom no. would happen. Right. Especially considering that it's Iowa, and she had no one else. They right. were all keyed in yes. on her. Right. You're hitting 50, 50 plus percentage from deep, and everyone's focused on you. Right. She and and it's you're right. It's it's not, she, she didn't like uh, she didn't come on late in the year or something, and like is taking people by surprise. She's been this woman for three seasons now. Like you know what I was gonna do, and she still went fifty percent from the field and fifty seven percent from three. And gave you the this. <laughs> the, she's doing the John Cena can't see me. Uh, Clark's fifth triple double of the season, the eleventh of her career, uh, versus South Carolina. Uh, Iowa was a double digit underdog. Uh, Carolina was before the tourney a minus two hundred favorite to win the title. UConn was second at plus eight hundred. Uh, a giant gap there. Uh, South Carolina was the number one team in the country. They were number one the entire season. They were also defending champs. They had a 42-game win streak going into the Final Four. The number one defense in the country. <laughs> and Clark went 41-6-8-1, 49% from the field. But she was 70% from, from two, 30% from deep. Clark scored or assisted on all 18 of Iowa's points in the fourth quarter. 
So when it matters, the 41 points were the most ever in a semifinal history. Uh, scored or assisted on 75% of Iowa's points in the game. I mean, God damn. It really is stunning. Stunning. I mean, you have, what was it? There's probably nine girls on that South Carolina team that are going to be WNBA players. Right. Three of the top ten picks in the WNBA draft this year <laughs> were from South Carolina. Five of the first 25 picks this Ugh. year were on that team that Caitlin Clark <laughs> took the knife and slit their throats and let them bleed out on the court. And the number one projected overall pick this year, this next year, uh, also on that South Carolina team. Man. And then the only like fringe WNBA player, Monica Cezano, gets drafted and immediately cut. Uh, oh, did so, that happen? I didn't even see that. Yeah, and Ugh. Caitlin Clark... Was that was it? Like she, Iowa was not a real team. Like that was not. God damn. It was just her out there. It's cr- slaying it's crazy. a dragon. And also, she did it in style. There was there's something about there. It was a real performance. It felt like it wasn't just a basketball game and I'm scoring points. Like there was a little bit of a performance there. Long, deep shots, great passing. She is a phenomenal passer, and she's got a tight handle. Her handle is so tight, and it opens up everything in her game. I'm no coach, but if I was coaching somebody, I'd be like, watch that lady dribble. Get her fucking handle because it opens up your whole goddamn game. She's such a good passer, too. So many passes right in the shooting pocket, right on the button. Uh, Sinzano, or however you say her name, she owes her whole goddamn – I mean, I, I again, I just heard she got cut, but holy shit. Uh, her, her college career made by Caitlin Clark. My God, she sets her up beautifully so often. Dimes in in space, on the move, in motion. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, I I know that this is just first ballot Hall of Fame that we're talking about, but I honestly said when she, and I was in Louisville, I was actually in Louisville Mm. watching the Elite Eight. Mm. I just came back from the men's game and watch the women's game in a hotel room in Louisville, watching Caitlin Clark beat Louisville. And I was like, she's the best college player ever. Okay. So I, I have this later, but let's do it right now. Is she, you, you do answer that question. Where is she falling in this? So I watched the Cheryl swoops. Everybody loves obviously Cheryl swoops in terms of just performances. Right. The 47 that she had in the title game in 93 yes. against Ohio state. 84, 82. I watched it. I watched every 40, every one of the 47 points. So it was great. Mm. She's slicing through. Mm -hmm. She's stealing the basketball. She's hitting threes. But if you watch her and you watch Caitlin Clark, the game has evolved. Completely. Caitlin Clark looks closer to a men's player than probably we've ever seen. And that's like, that's testing. I mean, Cheryl Swoops is dribbling the ball and it's hitting and like it's to a chest. Like Caitlin Clark's dribbling the ball and it's at her ankles. Yes. And I mean, the the competition that Caitlin mm-hmm. Clark is playing against uh, is immense. Like that's changed mm-hmm. over time. The field has changed from 32 to 64, right? So it's just a different world out there from Completely. a skill perspective. Completely. If Caitlin Clark was in that that game as she is now against Ohio State, like she's putting up 67. It is hard to argue against. 
And I think when we look at it compared to like Candace Parker mm-hmm. or, you know, Stewie or Tarasi or Sue Bird, I mean, like the UConn program was stacked. Mm-hmm. Tennessee was stacked. Mm-hmm. Like these were all Americans, many all Americans on this team with the players that I just mentioned. UConn has been a powerhouse for my entire life. Yes. <laughs> Tennessee came in. As a, I mean, that was a team I wanted to play for, yeah. right? Like, and Tennessee had all Americans, and they were going deep into the tournament before Candace Parker ever got there. I mean, that was a legendary program too. What is Iowa? Right. Like they're nothing. <laughs> I hate to say that, you, but you're completely right. It's way easier to cook when you've got defenders paying attention to your teammates, and she just doesn't really have that. It's amazing. And I, I want to comment on something that you said, that her game most closely resembles the the men's game. I completely agree. I don't mean to frame her in that way. I don't want to compare her. I'm going to end up doing it throughout this episode. I don't mean to compare her just to men. But there's something about her game that's so close to the men's game, and it's so – I don't know how to say it. It's so – entertaining to watch her game is so entertaining and that's to me what gives her a big boost over someone like that swoops performance which again i'm older so i remember watching cheryl swoops live and i remember thinking she's unstoppable but as you to your point as you watch that game over the defense in comparison to the defense that south carolina played all season long and and certainly in that game it's not even they're not even on the same planet. The game the women's game has just hockey sticked. And to me, the crescendo here is Caitlin Clark. The the entertainment value that she adds to the game brings an aesthetic pleasure from just watching how beautiful the game is, how clean the handle is, how she can pull up from anywhere. Uh, the the passes, there's just an aesthetic value to it that to me gives her the pop over someone like Swoops because it's not just, hey, I'm going to score this and I'm unstoppable and I'm going to get these baskets and my team's going to win. There's just like an entertainment value to it. That's sort of the idea behind this whole show. There's an intersection between peak performance and showmanship, and she's there, and it's just special. She's special. Yeah, she and, and she's got the ball on a string. Yes. And I think the thing where I judge the women's game because I grew up before there were – you know, training apps and mm-hmm. YouTube. And, mm-hmm. and so like you see the women play that were, that were taught or not taught how to shoot a basketball and they, and they shoot a basketball at such a young age when it's so heavy mm-hmm. that it's a push shot. Mm-hmm. And so, but Caitlin Clark rises up yes. and it's a perfect shot every time. Yes. I mean, her guide hands exactly where it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. She's never pushing. Mm-hmm. She's always straight up. Yes. And, it's perfect every time, and the release is fast, mm-hmm. and her gather is fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, the closest, and I know this is going to sound so trite or over the top, but like the closest thing, I'm sure she patterns her game after Steph Curry. 100%. I'm sure, without question, without because of the floaters, yes. the passes, the deep shots, the kill shots. Mm-hmm. Like Caitlin Clark has the thirsty three mentality, yes. as I yes. call it, where it's like we're up by seven. But I'm taking a deep three in transition because I want to slit your throat. Mm-hmm. She's nasty. I I really 
can't uh, I can't tell you how much I enjoy watching her play. It's thrilling. It's thrilling to watch her play basketball. Uh, I completely agree with you. There's no question her game is influenced by Steph. I also think, as you're describing her jumper, it it reminds me her form uh, uh, has a lot of Ray Allen to it to me. That that sort of the same thing every time. Big jump, high release, flick of the wrist. Like it's it's uh, so repeatable. Very Ray Allen. The verticality. Yes. Too, yeah. Yes. Totally. Uh, the uh, the women's game in general, I have this thing that I've been, this theory I've been working on. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on it. To me, the women's game up until this point, and, and this point is a flexible, malleable term. Up until this point, to me, the women's game has been like in the Bob Cousy era. The, what I can't get over is you were influenced by watching the other people that played before you. And women for a long time didn't, there, there was no professional league and then the professional league wasn't pushed and the games weren't on television and there was no social media and you weren't seeing it and now as the game is getting better to me it's clearly all driven by i'm influenced by this person i just watched male or or female but to me watching a woman do it must have now i'm not a woman so i don't mean to say that i have the answer but as i think about it as a woman watching another woman cook and go and play and be entertaining and be great on the basketball court has to influence your game to me that's we're only seeing to me we are seeing the beginning of this hockey stick ramp up of the women's game your thoughts on that yeah i think that's absolutely right that's exactly what i thought when i watched the cheryl swoops performance i was like this feels like watching like 1960s yes, and right, totally. right like where you're like do, 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 yeah. do, 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 you know, it's like, that's what you're seeing. Yes. And like the, your hands, like on top of the ball yes. perfectly. Yes. Like there's just this very <laughs> fundamental stiffness that's going on in that era. And I think part of it was coaching. Right. Part of it is the like talent development, player development process. You see Phil Handy, who's been on multiple championship teams. He's been uh, the development guy for the Cavs. He was the development guy uh, for the Raptors. He's the development guy right now for the Lakers. So, I mean, he's got rings on rings on rings. He's worked with Kyrie. He's worked with Braun. And he's working with Jewel Lloyd, mm -hmm. right? Like, Jewel Lloyd is getting that mm -hmm. wisdom from him, mm -hmm. like, one-on-one -on -one in terms of how she should work on her game, how her hezzy should be, what that first step should look like, how she should attack defenders' feet, like, in what way should her counters look like. So that would never existed. Totally. And now we're seeing, okay, the women's game not only is growing from a skill perspective, but the ratings are coming mm -hmm. and the money is coming, mm -hmm. which means that now coaches can't do that bullshit where it's like pass the ball 17 right. times yep. before you put it up and it needs to be this way and you need to set this screen for this player. So now you're getting more of that isolation basketball that we've seen in college game a little bit but obviously in the nba game yep. hopefully it translates to the wnba game as well but i think college is going to be the the foundation and the fertile ground for that Agreed. especially considering you have to be on in the college game and the women's side for all four years mm -hmm. uh which allows us to fall in love with yes. women like caitlin clark and the it, the i was just thinking about this the uh colleges i i don't get it i want to be clear i don't get it i don't have an affinity for the college i went to we i, I had to pay them thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to get my piece of paper 
And like you want me to like wear your shirts and your hats and like root for your teams? Fuck you. You should be rooting for me, motherfucker. I gave you all the goddamn money. So I don't exactly get it. But I do you think understand. The chancellor should just like wear a Neil shirt. Yes. Put my goddamn name on your hat, motherfucker. Uh, so I I don't exactly get it, but I do know that colleges are part of the community, and so you get connected to these schools. Uh, and it feels like w as the WNBA continues to grow, fans will start getting more and more stock with their teams and more uh, uh, tradition and more years and more experience and be passing it down to sons and daughters, et cetera, and that'll be great. But for now, I completely agree with you. College basketball feels like the tip of the spear in that you're already connected to these schools. You went to this school. The school's around the street from you. You see so you watch their games. To me, watching the women in uh, play college basketball is important for this game. Why, I want to ask this a question. This is a question I have for later in the show, uh, part of my burning questions. I don't know the answer to this. Why do women have to stay in college for all four years? Why is that the rule? I think it's uh, um, like really a matter of practicality, right? You saw like Alexis Morris went crazy in that game against Iowa, right? right. For LSU. Alexis Morris had uh, transferred schools, went and played um, for LSU. I think she was at Texas Tech or maybe A&M and she transferred but here's the thing like there's only what 13 teams so you've got girls like Alexis Morris who cook in the tournament and she's getting cut now right I there's see. not right. enough there's not enough teams got it. for these women so if you had the Caitlin Clark and and Paige Beckers getting drafted right. at two out of the 13 teams as the starting point guard then like Maybe a player right. like Vanders Courtney Vandersloot gets right, cut. Right, great point. I see it now. You're yeah. They uh, that's really interesting. I see it. I had never thought that through. Uh, you'd be losing players on either end. Maybe you get a, a Beckers or somebody goes to the WNBA, gets injured, uh, and then they go. Well, you're not gonna. You're not developing the way we wanted you to. You're out of here. You start. They losing just cut players bait so fast. I know they cut bait so fast. And now I think with the NIL. You're going to see, yes. okay, like, it's okay for me to stay in college. Mm-hmm. Paige Beckers is, I think, the most profitable college basketball athlete. I think she's making over a million dollars um, on, God like, bless him. a couple of posts. God bless him. Uh, let's dive back. I have some NIL stats to go through here. Let's The rest of our stats. Over the tournament, uh, Caitlin Clark shot 48% from the field, 42% from deep, 84% from the line. Average five and a half boards, 11 assists, almost 11 assists per game, one and a half steals, 30.4 points per game over the full tournament. She had 30, 10, and 17 against Ohio State. She had 26, 7, and 12 in 29 minutes against Southeastern Louisiana. Clark's 191 points through the tournament, most in men's and women's history. Uh, she also broke she also broke the women's single tournament assist record with 60. That's fucking great. <laughs> 191 points, most any men or women. She also broke the tournament assist record. Same goddamn time, 60. Uh, 32, the number of three-pointers Clark made throughout the tournament. That's the record. Uh She's uh, she if you it feels to me like I, I believe Ashley Reese won the um, uh, MOP for that for this tournament. To me, if you could make the argument for an MOP who lost the title game, Caitlin Clark, yeah, is like that's like Jerry West shit. Yeah, I mean she was just one. I thought she could win it. Like for Angel sure. Reese obviously was really good, Angel Reese. um, but not great in that game. 
Like she, right. like they were in foul trouble. Everybody was in foul trouble. The refs obviously screwed that entire game up where we couldn't see anybody cook because it was like <laughs> touch right. fouls on everyone. <laughs> but um, yeah, I I think there was a real legitimate uh, case to be made that no matter what happened, yes. that she should have won. Uh, that was Iowa's first national championship game. Clark set the tournament record for game, threes in a championship game. She made eight, uh, eight of 19, 42% from deep. So there's another stat. Uh, the She is the only Division One player to lead the nation in points and assists in the same season. And she's on pace to break the college career scoring record. The owner right now, Kelsey Plum, 3,527. Clark has 2,717. If she keeps her average of 27.2 points per game, and by the way, her scoring average has gone up all three seasons she's been in college, uh, she needs 30 games to break the record. She had 30 games as a freshman, 32 as a sophomore, 38 as a junior. So health permitting, she should be the NCAA women's scoring champion of all time. Crazy. Uh, Clark's various deals, her NIL deals. I, I was like Googling this shit. I don't know if any of this stuff is real. Again, I'm pulling this off sites that I don't know how legit they are. It says her her various deals are worth $192,000. There's no way that's right. It says the ninth highest among women's college basketball players. That, that can't be right. I think I just I think put down more. some bullshit stats. Yeah. yeah. Her, her NIL valuation, 739000 Again, I don't know what that number means. She has deals with the Vinyl Studio. They make T-shirts. Hy-Vee, the grocery store. H&R Block. I love that for her. H&R Block money for Caitlin Clark. Come on. Tops. She's going to be a state farm. She'll probably be one of the state farm For sure. Uh, people. God damn. Uh, Tops, something called shoot away. Bows. I don't know why. I don't know what it is about bows. But when I saw that she has a bows deal, I was like, she looks like a bows athlete. There's like something about bows as a brand and the stores and like what they make. I go bows and Caitlin Clark makes perfect sense. Uh, totally. Goldman Sachs. I don't know what Goldman Sachs does. <laughs> But anytime that you have an like, investment bank, there you go. See rich guy names, those, those rich guy names together. That's a good NIL deal to have. And then of course, Nike and Buick, a car. She's got a car as well. Uh, how do you give a shit in college when you've got like a fucking science quiz? How do you give a shit about your science quiz or your homework when you're already rolling in this NIL money and you're go you're going to be in the WNBA? How do you care about class? What is her school day like? Yeah, I'm I'm wondering about that. I'm looking at like whether she's one of the yeah, Caitlin Clark named academic all American as How well. How can that be? 3.7 GPA. How can that be? How could she possibly care? It's a great question. <laughs> I mean, it's a great question. I would love to I would love to be invisible. I would love the power invisibility so I could follow her around at school for a day. I just want to see how could she possibly care? I'd be well, falling how is she asleep. Doing it all? How? I, I don't get it. I can't get. I can't get like. I thinking back to my college days, like having to go up to the professor after class and be like, "I didn't understand this." To like get the professor to like you, like all these things that you like do to get help get good grades. Like, how could she possibly give a shit? What is her school day like? How could she possibly care about finals? How could she possibly care? Looks like she trying to see what her major is. Marketing. Yeah. I, I just don't get it. I just, she had also like there, I was like, you got to take this class in fucking science or whatever, because that's the rules at Iowa. You got to, you got to have a, a, you know, a cursory science class. And she's like, okay, then I'll pick the, Like how is she, I have to believe that she's gone to the prince. She's called a meeting with the, the president of, of Iowa. 
the University of Iowa, Iowa University, whatever it's called, and said, hey, can we break these fucking rules for me? Like, look at what I'm doing for you, motherfuckers. There, there's no, how could she possibly care about college? I, I want somebody to ask her this tough question. I, I want you to get her on the sheer show and ask her these questions. How can you? Yeah. How do you possibly care about your beaker? <laughs> yes. <laughs> there's no way you care about that beaker full of fluid. There's no way. She's like, I'm just doing it. I'm just doing it. The next credentials are eye test. We got to keep moving. The, the eye test. What did you see in this moment? What did you see as you're watching these games, as you're rewatching these in prep for this? What did you see? Did you see anything that might give it this extra added push to get this thing in the first Bell Hall of Fame? I think it's she's a killer. Yeah, for sure. I think that's what I saw. Yes. I mean, you see she is taking no mercy. Mm-hmm. The, the timeliness of the baskets mm-hmm. and the assists and the steals. I mean, she was... It was like everything was right on time. Mm -hmm. And what you've seen is someone who understands, like, no mercy. Mm -hmm. And you can see there's, like, a deadness in her eyes when she's hitting big shots. You're like, she's scary. I I have the same thing. I didn't write deadness. But I wrote, I have seen those eyes before. And, again, I don't mean to keep comparing her to men. But I have seen her eyes before. To me, I like players when they're like yeoman. I like it when a player has like a got to get to work, time to make the donuts. Like Kevon Looney is like got to make the donuts. I'm going to grab boards. I'm just doing all the dirty work because this is my job and I'm good at my job. Caitlin Clark has like an excitement to her game. Like every time she dribbles, as I'm watching, when she dribbles, it's like she's getting ready to shoot whenever she's dribbling i'm like looking at her going she is about to shoot she's getting ready to shoot she's going to dribble to shoot and like that fear in the defenders opens up all those passing lanes lets her drive to the basket uh gets nice pa- assists for her um but it's it's after she makes those baskets that killer instinct those dead eyes that like gotta get back to get a stop so i can come back down and make another basket i've seen those eyes before Kobe Bryant. Yes. Kobe. It's the Kobe eyes. Yes. That's as you were saying that in my head, that's what I was hearing. Yes. Too. Kobe. Just like he would have loved watching her play. He would have fucking loved watching her play. It's sad. I Very sad. Uh, and I don't want to make this too sad because this is about how fucking phenomenal that lady is. She is. It's really it's 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 it, another one of my favorite things about basketball. There is that space where it's not a sport. It goes past being a sport and a game and it's a performance and it's a show and she's doing it and it becomes like a spiritual thing. And I don't mean to be like over romantic about basketball, but that's where I am. And she gives me that fucking feeling watching her in that Louisville game. You just get that feeling. You're like this, something special is going on and I'm watching it. And I've, I appreciate that I'm here watching this game and that she doubles it up in the next game. And and then the tournament game was, she didn't play as well, but still amazing against a great LSU team. That was a special goddamn run. It was a, she's special. She's really good. And I think the thing that I love was she was like chirping to the refs Mm -hmm. too. She's just got that in her. Like she's just swaggy. Like she's just a, like that killer, that dog, whatever you want to call it. She's an assassin. She's, She's yelling at the ref. She's making sure her teammates are in the right spot. Like, and she's just in, I think she enjoys like Steph does. Like I watched um, 
what was it, game seven against the Sacramento Kings where on TV, and I was like, oh, he enjoys mm-hmm. like ending you. Yes. You know? Yes. He enjoys the demoralization that <laughs> right. he is taking you through right now. <laughs> so it's this deadness with behind the deadness, this level of sadistic excitement. <laughs> To take down the opponent. It's uh, actually like very scary to watch. You're so good at this. I really appreciate you being on the show. Uh, the uh, I also want to give tip my hat to Van Lith. As I'm watching that Louisville game, rewatching it, her form is so pure that as I'm watching her, it occurs to me that I earnestly and honestly had this thought. I think that's what my jumper looks like. And I know that's not the truth. My jumper, my elbow couldn't be further from the inline. It's like so far out, but when Van Lith shoots, I go, I think that's what everyone thinks their jumper looks like is Van Lith when she shoots. Uh, I really yeah. like watching her play too. She's going to be really good moving forward. She obviously committed to LSU, so that's going to be a monster team. Uh, she's now like transferred over there. So I think the thing about Van Lith that uh, my friend and I were talking about that, like if she does what Kelsey Plum does, yes. which like Kelsey Plum started taking, she was like a little fluffy, mm-hmm, Kelsey, Kelsey mm-hmm. Plum in, in um, college. And so is Haley Van Lith. If she, if she like cuts down right. and she gets like ripped, she'll be really, Nasty. really good at the next level. That. You're right. Uh, also, I just want to say Iowa Hawkeyes, great college branding, great colors, great logos. I like Hawkeye instead of just Hawks. Are there any yep. other animal body part mascots? I can't think of them. I, no. I love that. Do you? Uh, Isn't the Hawkeye? Yeah, it's just a Hawkeye. Yeah, it's just do, a Hawkeye. Do you have, I love sports branding. Do you have a favorite sports branding? Uh, so I'm talking team name, logo, colors, uniforms, the whole package. Do you have a mm. sports branding college or professional that you like the most? Uh, there is a right answer. I'll give it to you after this, but do you have a favorite? Do you have, what do you think is the best? The favorite. Well, I mean, I obviously am partial to the Oregon Ducks just because They're of right. the uniforms, yeah. the amount of money, yep. especially in football, the helmets, the like the Star Wars theme mm-hmm. where they're like the stormtroopers. Uh, like, I just think the logo is really sick. I don't know if people know this, but the Oregon logo is Autzen Stadium. Uh, the O is the Autzen Stadium exact replica of the outside. And the inside of the O is Hayward Field, the track. Oh, I didn't so, realize. Like, that's incredible. That's great. Branding. That's great. Um, the colors, like I said. And just like, I love Donald Duck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. I, I, I think right. that's great. <laughs> I do love any time you have a uh, can still use and keep like a cartoonish mascot. Like, again, I, we don't talk about the Boston Celtics on the show, but I do like that little leprechaun. I like that it's like a little cartoony and that it's there's some like history there. I do like that the Ducks are a little uh, uh, Donald Duckish. Uh, I appreciate that. That is not the right answer. The best sports branding um, is the Miami Dolphins. I just want you to know that. I've talked about that. Oh, is it? Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the best. The colors. The dolphin on the helmet. and I'm talking about old dolphins. I, fuck the new ones. Whatever they've done, it's a disaster. I can't believe they changed it. That old dolphin jumping through that like hoop circle thing that's like the sun, I guess, and it's wearing a football helmet. The Miami <laughs> Dolphins. It just feels like Miami. It looks like Miami. They, saying you're a Miami Dolphins fan is just fun. 
I, there's just the pictures of the Miami Dolphins playing. It's just fantastic. The Miami Dolphins is the best sports branding ever. Uh, let's keep moving. I think the Miami Hurricanes are also a good very one good. Well. Uh, very good. A great ad from Chris. Trista. It's not the correct answer. It is the Dolphins, but I love that as an ad. I got into real quick, very small story. I know it's a side road, but the women's, the Lady Canes. With they had the two the Van Lin, the Van mm-hmm. Linder twins right and they were just like on this incredible run and I bet uh college women's and men's and I ended up betting the women's lady the Lady Canes and I took them as like I want to say they were twelve and a half point dogs uh. to Indiana and they beat Indiana <laughs> and it was plus nine hundred for them uh. to win the game so nine to one odds. And there's just something nice about saying the hurricanes are hurricaning. The next credential is our ear test. What did we hear in this moment? We usually talk about the announcers here, Ryan Rucco and uh, Rebecca Lobo, who I actually love them on the women's game. I think they're great together. I really like, I like both of them, but I really like Ryan. Uh, He's on a lot of, uh, um, Nets games here in the city. Uh, let's listen to the first call. This is a call from the Van Lith game, from the Louisville game, uh, about Caitlin Clark. Let's listen to it together. Here's Van Lith. Has it stolen by Clark? Clark trying to outrace Cochran. Able to pizza pie at home. Pizza pie at home. Have you ever heard that? It was all Never. that one, one-handed off the dribble. She just, you know, she's dribbling one hand, goes right up and lays it in underhand. Have you ever heard pizza pie it in? No. How, never. How good is that? And and like that's just that was like a men's move like <laughs> yes, that in yes. and up. Pizza pie, Ryan Rucco, fantastic. I I just want to say that a moment like that. I I don't know that he said it before. I hope that he hasn't because pizza pieing it in to me that's going to be something that adds to this Caitlin Clark tournament moment. Fantastic. Uh, and then here's Rucco and uh, Lobo uh, at the finish of the South Carolina game. Gets it into Clark. Clark races away, and the mythical mastery of Caitlin Clark continues. Iowa has conquered South Carolina. Say what the you- mythical mastery. So good, so good. It's you. I, and again, I know this because I've had to do a bunch of these shows now. Having an, a call like that, and like I remember what it's what she's doing. She's on the sideline. She's barking right in front of a bunch of Iowa fans. And you've got that like image tied to that call. That stuff matters when you're thinking about a moment like this. It adds to that moment. Your thoughts on Ryan Rucco's call? Oh, I mean, that's like that's exactly what it was for sure. And this this level of legend that mm-hmm. has been born, mm-hmm. Caitlin Clark, the new like David Turn Goliath. Yes, yes, like, this I love that mythical creature we've never seen before, yeah. slicing and dicing. A, a team that was undefeated, uh, defending champs. How many straight games did they won? 49, 42. you said? 42. Just in, like, Don Staley, best college coach mm. in the women's game. They didn't respect her, the mythical mastery, and it is time for South Carolina to say bye-bye. Oh, my God. Do you ever want to call games? You'd be great at calling games. Do you ever want to call games live? I kind of do, just, but I don't know, like, if I have the time. I think... Cause I love that, like that showmanship, mm-hmm. you know, 
Like I'm all about, I have the, my like term that I use all the time is night, night, sleep mask. And it, it's <laughs> oh, like night, good. night, sleep mask, put it on. It's time <laughs> to go to bed. <laughs> You'd be great. You are like a, you're like a dyed in the wool broadcaster. You can fill time. You talk, you're entertaining. You've got a great voice. I feel like you calling games would be a lot of fun to listen to. I just want to put that out into the world. A secondary broadcast because I'd like want to cuss. Yes, you know? that's, and th- it feels like that's where the uh, the, where the industry is going. Secondary broadcast. By the by, I would pay uh, a good goddamn American money for just arena sounds. Get those announcers off my the 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 ones that I'm listening to during my Lakers game. I'm not going to name names. Get those dudes off the mic. Let me just hear the arena. That's my opinion on the NBA game. Whatever. Oh boy, doesn't like John Ireland. Doesn't like John Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> the next credential is you mad? Anybody mad? I love it when people are mad. Rob, play my camera on clip here. You wait, mad? You mad? You mad? Thank you so much. Uh, I love it when people are pissed. What happened? Somebody's pissed off when um, Caitlin Clark tells. Van Lith, uh, you're down by 15 points. Shut up. You've seen that moment, I presume. What What is your thoughts on that sort of trash talk? Is that disrespectful to an opponent? What is your thought there about that moment, that down 15 I shot? think that was the, like, the shit talker getting out shit talk. Right. Like, that's what Van Lith does. And it's like, why are you barking? You're down 15. <laughs> Shut up. Like, be quiet. You know, do you see what the scoreboard is? Yes. The more disrespect to me was in the South Carolina game when Caitlin Clark literally did the Dennis Schroeder. She just like waved off. I'm not guarding her. Let her shoot. I'm not. No. I'm going to stay right put where I am. I was like, oh, man. And the John Cena, you can't see me. And then the Angel Reese doing it back to Caitlin Clark, which only intensified the you mad. Like, people were really mad. Yeah, for sure. Do you, uh, I, my only um, criticism of Angel Reese doing the You Can't See Me is that I wish she had done something that wasn't the thing she had done before, that Caitlin had done. Uh, I don't, I, I, that's the great thing with trash talking is if someone is trash talking, then to me, you are allowed to trash talk back. And I don't think that's disrespectful if you're doing it back to a trash talker. So Caitlin Clark did the, you can't see me. Angel East, in my opinion, you beat her. You get to do something in her face. That's just, that's the way Neil plays basketball. You did this to somebody else. I get to do something back to you. I just wish she hadn't done the, you can't see me as well. I wanted something new. It's so like women though. Where to me, it reminds me of like, she was like mocking her. Right. It wasn't her. It was like, what happened to that? Can't see me. And then you look at it. It was like, what happened to it? You're dead. And she rolls her eyes and kind of like tilts her head back. And I like grew up with girls like that. And you're like, ooh, man, like, <laughs> damn. You know, like that was like a came with a lip smack. That came <laughs> With like a hair slack back to the shoulder. <laughs> that came with an eye roll. The can't see me was really just like what happened right. to your can right. see me. Ugh. And it, oh, and it, in her head probably came with a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> like who are you calling bitch, bitch? Like who are you saying you can't see me, bitch? You can't. You'll never convince me that this stuff doesn't add to sports moments and make them better. I'm so glad that all of these things happened. It's fa- fantastic. So much fun to talk about. Test of time. We have to move on. The test of time. Next credential. This is when we compare our moment against other moments like it in history's past. We've already done Cheryl Swoops. I think you've nailed it. I'm adding nothing to that. Although deep respect for Cheryl Swoops. Fantastic. Uh, formative in my basketball watching days, but 
but I agree with you. The game is way fucking different. Cheryl Soups isn't going up against any of those people, uh, those defenders from South Carolina. The one I want to compare this to and get your thoughts on, I did this episode with Jordan Liggins, who is so great and so fantastic, and she's now, I think, hosting the WNBA's official podcast. She's so great. Uh, we did the Arike Agumbawale uh, episode. Oh. That tournament run, and I just went back and looked at it because I couldn't remember because all you think about is – I was making the argument during that podcast that that to me could be the best tournament performance ever, period, full stop, men or women, done, finished. As I went back and looked at the stats, she had 27 and 18 in those two final games. So Clark went 41 and 41 and then 30 in the final. <laughs> I mean, the difference between seven, 27 and 41 and 18 and 41 is a massive, massive gulch of scoring. Uh, but Agumbawale had those two fucking game winners. Which is the better performance, Agumbawale or Clark? I think Clark, it was just a melee, right? It was like a continuous rolling of her scoring. Mm. Agumbawale hit shots that like burn into yes. your brain. Yes. You know, like that Agumbawale shot. And also, to a degree, a little bit of it is biased because it's now been used as a commercial. Mm -hmm. So we now see that mm -hmm. shot in a different contest, yes. in a different context. But I still think that Caitlin Clark, her the overall performance will stand the test of time more. Next credential, MVP, most valuable part. What then, if I have, if I put it to you and go, what's the most valuable part of this moment? Is it the Louisville game? Is it the South Carolina game? I don't think you'll say it's the championship final game, but is there, what is leading, what's the most impressive part of this moment? To me, it was the triple-double. Yeah. To me, it's the 40-point triple-double, and they said it on the broadcast, this has never been done by a man mm -hmm. or a woman. Mm -hmm. What we're seeing, you know, the dimes, the 85% of the scoring total being done by her, either assisting or scoring, uh, and the, the three-point percentage, mm -hmm. I think, was... What do you say? Over 50% from three. Mm -hmm. Like when, when this entire team is keying in on you. So to me, it was the triple double where, and the like, shut up, you're down 15 yeah, kind of moment. Cena. This Cena yeah. that really sealed that as like, well, this is, this is historic. Can she do this again? And she did, but it was the Louisville game where I was like, God damn. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. It was really kicking open the fucking door on her. I mean, it feels like that put her on a national stage and like it everybody did. knows her. Yeah. Everybody yes. at that point said, we need to yes. circle our calendars right. for the game That's against right. South Carolina. You're exactly And right. yes, like that performance against Louisville set the table and then all of the attention is on Caitlin Clark. Everybody, men, women, all of the media was focusing on her all of the commentary was, how are you going to stop her? And then she follows it up with 41. God damn. God damn. You're killing this. Uh, all right. Burning questions. I have some questions for you. They're, they're not really related to this moment. Some of them might be. Why does Clark not have a nickname? Do you, do you, does she have a nickname? Did you see, do you know what Caitlin Clark nickname? No, I don't. I've never heard nickname for her. I looked up. I'm doing what you're doing. You're Googling. I can see your eyes. I I looked up her nickname. She has something with a teammate. They call themselves the law firm. Fine. Oh, yeah. Not like, I don't know. I want Not one for that. her. She needs a nickname. 
the, I looked up on Twitter. I, someone called her Stephanie Curry, which is, <laughs> I just like. And someone also called her Jim Herfordette. <laughs> yeah. I like, I like both of those, but I don't like the like direct comparison to a woman, to a man rather. Uh, the other name I saw, which really took my breath away. Someone called her Hermione Dranger. <laughs> which is a lot of fun. That's incredible. <laughs> Hermione Dranger, very good. Uh, I just think we all need to, as the people, we need to get behind a, a nickname for her and then call her that. Whatever it is, I think it should be cool and like a little mean and a little bloodlusty, like you were saying. Uh, something very, uh, you know, uh, kill something tied to killing cold blooded, something in that vicinity. Listen, yeah. we can workshop this later. And I asked you, pardon, I asked you the next question, which was where do you, where does she rank? I, I said when I was watching this, I think she's the best. Um, female point guard I've ever seen. I don't. The only the only person you mentioned earlier, Don Staley, was so good defensively that I feel like I have to leave space for Don Staley to maybe be in that conversation. But to me, watching Caitlin Clark, her handle, her passing, and clearly her shooting and scoring, I she's the best female point guard I've ever seen. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I have anyone else that comes to mind. Really, I mean. You have those other names like Sue Bird and Tarasi, and it's just not the same thing. Yeah, it's different. It's just not the same thing. Yeah, she might be the best guard. I'm going to pin that and say she might be the best guard. Um, uh, I do love, I also want to just say, Marine Johannes uh, from France, who plays for the Liberty. She's oh, I love Marine Johannes. Do you go to Liberty games? I do, occasionally, yes. They're playing here tonight uh, in D.C. I love, I love. Uh, to me, the league should be pushing Marine Johannes because, again, there's an entertainment value. There's a showmanship to her yeah. that I feel like uh, the WNBA should throw their support behind. I just want to say, no, that. she slept on. I think for sure she needs. She room. slept on. I, I, I want. I secretly want the. I don't want her to get traded because I like that she's close and I can go see her play. Johannes needs the, she needs the space to cook. So either trade Ionescu and give Johannes the ball, which I don't wow. think is fair. No, that's not. I happening. know it's not going to happen. Or or send Johannes to her own team because I want to see her get more time. I just really like her and I think it's important that she get more time. Uh, whatever. Yeah, I love her game. I love that Liberty team, even without all of the changes that they've made, which is a ton. Yes. Like obviously getting Stewie and Vandersloot huge. But I really like Han Chu as well. So, She's a big yes. woman out of China. Yes. She's, she, I saw her go 10 for 11 uh, against the Aces in Las Vegas right uh, before the Summer League. And I was like, she was wearing a pair of mismatched Kyries. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mismatched shoes is so good. Uh, who do you think is going to win the WNBA title this year? Do you uh, Aces? Liberty? I think it's going to be Liberty. I don't think aces go back to back. I don't know that the drama with Becky Hammond matters at all, but right. I don't think it helps. Right. Uh, we see the brand of basketball that the aces want to play. They want to they want to chuck a lot. Mm -hmm. Eventually, they get into the half court set to give it to Asia. But I just think Stewie and Sabrina and Johannes and Vandersloot is better than this aces team with Candace Parker kind of on the tail end. Yeah. I know she's been incredible. Right. Uh, but I don't know, like, there's – the Aces kind of feel to me like when they traded Russell Westbrook to the to the Rockets, mm. where it's like, how are they all right, going to get right, their touches? Right, You know, like, Asia needs a lot of touches. Kelsey needs a lot of touches. CP needs a lot of touches. 
what are we going to do here? That's that you're, I love this ad and you're a hundred percent right. When is it too much? When are you muddying this thing up? That's a fa- fascinating thing to think about. And uh, you know, it does feel like Candace maybe is at a point in her career. And again, I don't, I don't want, I haven't watched enough Candace to know this answer, but maybe she's at a point in her career where she's willing to just go, I'm going to concentrate on defense and rebounding and let you guys do the scoring. I'm not going to worry about my shots. Uh, and it's beautiful when that happens. I love it when that happens, but you never know if and when it will. Uh, the last uh, comparison for Caitlin Clark, Clark to a man that I would like to make is to Larry Bird in that the white Iowa team playing Louisville and Angel Reese felt very similar to Larry Bird in Indiana State being predominantly white, playing Magic and Kessler, uh, Michigan State team. It felt like a little bit of the ratings probably had something to do with the great white hopiness of Caitlin Clark, which I'm not putting on her. I'm just saying I feel like was a little there. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, that, that I hadn't thought about that until you just said it, but I think that's a good comparison. And I think it sort of, maybe it was bad. Maybe it wasn't bad. I can't say some of it felt kind of gross where it like the the back and forth mm-hmm. became in the at least in the national media and like some scouts became a little racial mm-hmm. in a bad way, mm-hmm. you know. I agree. Where it was like John Staley was talking about it, you know, like Notre Dame versus Miami, like right. Catholics yes. versus convicts right. kind of a deal. Yes. Um yeah. So like is that bad? Like I don't know. I know racism is so yes, like I can, I can concur. <laughs> <laughs> and you're you're I'm half Filipino. Uh, I'm half uh, I'm half Filipino, half Austin Reeves. And <laughs> I uh, I as a non as a non black person, I just want to say racism is definitely bad. And it also feels like it was there, and it feels like that fueled some of the media for sure, and some of the ratings for sure. Uh, and I don't think I don't think that should be put on Caitlin Clark, but it did feel a little Larry Birdish. It's the last thing I just wanted to add. Yep, it did. And it was like Joe Biden was there, yes, and it's right. like, well, let's invite them both to the White House. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> Very weird. No. And it's like, I know Joe Biden's not inviting LSU to the White House if they were the runner Like, we know that. 100%. Uh, the next credential, Twitter fingers, any great tweets. John Cena tweeted himself, John Cena the Great, tweeted, even if they could see you, they couldn't guard you. I couldn't completely agree. Wow, what a tweet. There. Pretty good. Uh, are you a wrestling fan at all? I was when I was a little kid. Right. Do you have I've a f- kind of stopped. Do you have a favorite finishing movie? You only have to have watched it and enjoyed it at one time to answer this question. Do you have a your favorite finishing move? What was it that Rey Mysterio oh, yeah, did? Yeah, 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 yeah. I can I can never remember the name of it either. It was the six one nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I love Rey Mysterio. I think you'll see the the like sort of the theme for my favorite athletes. They're all like small underdogs. (laughs) They all are like a little spicy. They pop off. So yeah, I think it was the Rey Mysterio uh, 619. Really good. I like that it represents his hometown too. I really like that 619. Really good. It's not the answer. The answer is the ravishing, uh, the rude awakening from ravishing Rick Rude. That's the answer. Uh, We'll keep moving. (laughs) 
Uh, Trista, I see the clock is running down on us. It's almost time for America's favorite podcast segment. More important. But before we do that, I have a question for you. Trista, fabulously talented host, podcaster, who's generously agreed to be on this podcast. I realize I've never asked about your background. Tell me about your family. Tell me about your parents. What was it like growing up? Well, I uh, had a... Oh, I'm so sorry, Trista. Nobody gives a shit about that. (laughs) It's time for something more important. Oh, man. Wait, Rob, cut the music. Cut the guitars. I want all of you to know, I told Trista before we recorded that I was going to do that. It's, I do like cutting people off before the segment. I've decided I want to go meaner with my cutoffs as a change, but I felt like it would be too mean to do to Trista. She's been so kind to do this. She's also been so great on the show. So I want you all to know that I cleared it with her. All right, Rob, put the music back on. All right, Trista, I'm about to ask you questions that are all more important than the bullshit you were just about to say about your childhood. Uh, these, your answer to these questions will define who you are as a woman on this planet. Are you ready for more important? Right, here we go. What is your favorite snack chip? Flamin' Hot Cheetos. <laughs> Great answer. There's a show about the creation of the Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Have you seen that? There's like a show coming out. Yeah, and then there was like also someone who stole it, I think. Yeah. Like there, it was Amazing. like something really... Yeah, there's something up with it. That's how good the snack chip is. is they're making it into a TV show. Uh, what do you think is the best candy bar of all time? It's got to be a Caramello. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> a Caramello. Certainly one of the great names of a candy bar. A great answer. The first Caramello we've gotten on the show. What's the best? Re- no, no, no. What's your favorite reality show? What's your favorite reality show? Do you watch reality TV? Uh, I have... I grew up on road rules. I love it. I love that. I love, I love you rules. having the audacity and the guts to go road rules over real world. I really, I think that says a lot about you, Trista. That's what this is <laughs> about. What do you about. think it says? It says you've got guts. I'm not going to, I know that the answer should be real world. I understand that, uh, that the answer is obviously clearly real world, but I'm not going with the right answer. I'm going with the Trista answer. Shows me you've got confidence in yourself. Shows me you don't care if you're saying the wrong thing in front of me as the host. <laughs> No, I think I, it's guts. It's it's the, you've got the guts to go. This is what I liked, and this is my answer. I appreciate it. I wanted to be on it. I really. Of course wanted you to did. Of yeah. course you did. Uh, I need a Trista Crick hot take. I need a hot take. What's cooking in that head of yours? It, could, it should be controversial. You can say about whatever you want. Maybe it's you're going to go back to to real world being better than uh, pardon road rules being better than real world. You're going to explain that. I need a Trista Crick hot take right now during more important. The only answer to move forward if you're the Philadelphia 76ers is to trade Embiid. Wow. Whoa. I love it. What, Trista, what is your favorite sports movie? Love and Basketball. Oh, i don't never seen it, but I'm going to take your word for it. I'm watch it. I've never seen it. never seen it. Does that make me bad? Yeah. All right. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, dun- I love Love and Basketball. Dunks? It's not the best, but it's, it's my favorite. favorite. Yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly what I asked. It's a fair answer. Well, dunks or Passes? Dunks two passes. Okay, great. Okay, perfect. Do you have a favorite alley-oop or a favorite dunk? You know, I, I don't have a favorite dunk, like, of all time, but I the, the valley-oop that Aiton had that won them that game against the Clippers oh, in the yes, playoffs. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, with, a great like, answer. seven ah, seconds left. A great answer. You get put in a tough spot and you come up with a great answer. Can I pitch you on a great alley-oop? Point nine seconds. Uh, I want to pitch you one though. I get your thoughts. It's right. a genuine. I think this could make your top two. Uh, 
the playoffs Kobe to Shaq uh, over the Blazers. The big no, big that's big. not. No, okay. I don't like right. that one at all. All right, well, I had to give it a try. Uh, the last question, more important. Trista, no. give me your, give me your sports host announcer Mount Rushmore. I think you've got to take number one. Can we put all of the TNT crew on just like on their own? Like I one? will allow that. I will allow that. I think you got to add Jim Nance. Oh, I love that answer, Jimmy. Jim Nance, tournament legend, does all the sports, Masters. College. I love it. Yep. I think you got to put Craig Sager up there. Oh, I love it. I love Sags. And you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say Ahmad Rashad. Oh, Ahmad Rashad. I love it. I love it. Because he, was, stuff. he had that relationship yes. with players. Yes. That was fun to watch the when I watched uh, uh, The Last Dance. To watch Jordan and Ahmad Rashad really walking around as buddies. Like those two dudes going into back rooms at Chicago Stadium. that And people weren't following them because it's like, hey, these two dudes are doing something. They're talking about something. So don't join them. That was like fascinating to watch him be. They still live sure. like next door to one Amazing. another in Good Palm Beach them. too. And a great, a great wide receiver. Mother Rashad. All right. The, uh, fantastic. You were great. Oregon Duck. Wide Oregon Duck. Oregon there Duck you go. You were great on more important. It was fantastic. It was a lot of fun to cut you off about your family. Um, thank you for letting Thanks. me do that. It was going to be really emotional. The, too. <laughs> the next credential is the cosign. It's to you, Trista. The floor is yours. Which of any of these Caitlin Clark moments belong in the first bout hall of fame and why? To me, it is the only 30-point triple-double to ever be recorded in college basketball history. Um, but it wasn't it just uh, 30 points. It was over 40. It was efficient. It was getting all of her teammates involved. It was elevating her to the national stage. It was the flair. It was the killer. It was the trash talk. And I think she becomes in that moment someone who we all say to ourselves, could she be the best college player, men or women of all time? The conversation got started at that exact moment. It's time for the induction speech. It's when I, Neil, get to decide whether this thing goes in. Uh, and I'm ceding everything to what Trista just said. I think she absolutely nailed it. She covered every base. She's exactly right, and I have nothing to add. Caitlin Clark, congratulations. Your Louisville game is in the first battle Hall of Fame. May your plaque hang on our walls forever. Trista, you were so good on this. Thank you so much for taking it so seriously and for being entertaining and funny and filling space and for listening to me blather on and for adding like real NBA uh, 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 opinion and news and thought. I really appreciate it. You were fantastic. I appreciate you having me. I appreciate someone listened to me on a Saturday and then it turned into a glorious connection. That's what life's about. You're really great. I, I'm, it's going to be a lot of fun watching your career. I can see it uh, really taking off. Thanks again for doing it. How, oh, how can wow, people follow you? you? Tell people how to follow oh, yeah. you. Stuff. Find me on Instagram at Trista, T-R-Y-S-T-A underscore Crick, K-R-I-C-K. You can find me on Twitter. Most of my videos, though, are on Instagram and on TikTok. If you're a youngster, uh, I am This Heat Check on TikTok. If you're on more of an Instagram person, you can find me at my name underscore Crick. So Trista underscore Crick. And then uh, I'm on WFAN on Saturdays. At nights after Yankee games, uh, I mostly talk about baseball because uh, we're in Yankee season and they are imploding and I love it. But we do talk about the Knicks. We talk about all New York sports. Um, you also can find me on the Heat Check podcast, which is a comedy podcast um, about the NBA. Tristan, thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Oh, loved having it. 
That's it. That's the show. A big giant thank you to Trista Crick for coming on. It was so nice to meet you and work with you for this hour and change. A delight. Support that woman. We're all we got. My shout out today goes to Mr. Nick Bernstein, who has been so kind and helpful to me in the show. Listen, I've already had the guy on a bunch. I think it's clear how much I like him, but I just want to say out loud so you can hear it. Nick, you're the best. I don't know what to say. He's, He's been so supportive, so generous to me. I'll never be able to pay him back. And what's even crazier is I don't think he expects it, which is stupid. If I'm helping you, I'm taking something with me. I'm leaving here with something. Get your hands off me. Thank you, Nick. I owe you. I probably will not pay you back, but at least know that I know that I owe you. Credits. Rob Bob edits the show. Jessica Seng produces it. Rhythm J on the beats. Rate and review us. Please send me a good DM about the show. And please come back next week for more First Power. Oh, hell yeah.